hello, Studio 108 community. Thanks for popping in with us. Um, thanks for following. I'm here today with Leah Rochelle. And Leah has been talking to me about muscle and the importance of muscle, the importance of muscle when we age, what to eat, what kind of exercises are helpful. And I really have learned a lot from you, Leah. Um, it's interesting for me to like to have a life journey of relationship with strength and muscle mm -hmm. that's changed so much and so much new information that's come forward mm -hmm. since, you know, like I joined the gym in the 80s. Right. Well, and I think that, I mean, as, as far as like, you know, strength training principles, I mean, in terms of like, increasing tension and increasing resistance like none of that had I mean right like so so using resistance as a, as a way to build muscle like right. none of that has changed well I guess you know like it, it's changed a little bit but um in terms of like I think how we think about muscle as an organ has changed so like whereas before we maybe just viewed it as this like this organ of locomotion right like what moves our body and what enables us to work out and to exercise and to get through our and to get through our day when really it's so much more than that and it's been coined the um organ of longevity mm. um and what muscle is is actually like our metabolic currency so it's the largest site for glucose disposal okay so when it helps so the more muscle we have the more insulin sensitive we're going to be kind of the, the more um there you know the more we're better able to handle metabolizing sugars and you know processing our food so you're talking about muscle as an organ that supports metabolism 100 percent energy production and all of the um, like chronic illnesses that come from metabolic regulation. So we're thinking about like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, like all of these um, are issues of metabolic regulation. Muscle, the more muscle you have, like that's going to support you not developing these chronic diseases. And I think that maybe in the past, there was this hyper focus on like, you know, how much fat you have on your body when and we've been focusing on like losing fat, losing fat, losing fat, when really maybe the focus all along should have been on building muscle or at least, you know, equally on building yeah, balanced, muscle. Mm -hmm. Balanced understanding mm -hmm. of how muscle contributes to well-being too. Mm -hmm. So it's really a whole another layer of the conversation of how important movement is. Oh, 100%. And active lifestyle. Yeah. So one of the doctors that I followed, one of the functional medicine doctors that I followed when I was kind of researching for this, says that exercise is more important in bringing the body back in homeostasis um, than any other activity you can do at any decade of your life. Um, wow. When we contract a muscle, um, we release... Um, we release myokins, which are anti-inflammatory. Um, and you think about like most diseases that we're talking about, you know, have an inflammatory, a chronic inflammatory 
kind of basis. Basis, right? Yeah. So yeah. just contracting your muscles, um, you know, supports inflammation. Um, people being sensitive to sugar and having issues blood or regulating their blood glucose is one of the biggest issues that we see across the board kind of underlying these chronic diseases that so many of us um, struggle with. And again, like muscle is going to help support that. Um, there is so much research that points to the positive impacts of exercise as a treatment for multiple diseases, depression, diabetes, 100%. like it's such, it's such a powerful, powerful. So tool. it's not just exercise because it releases like the chemicals and the endorphins in your brain. It actually helps your whole system mm -hmm. physically mm -hmm. regulate itself. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, like cardiovascular and endurance type of exercises, which you're working your heart. And I think that that was often like, you know, kind of placed up on the That's higher, so, yeah, yeah, as being like the type of exercise that you want to do because the focus was fat loss, when really there's this whole other category of resistance training. And resistance training refers to anything that is going to load and put tension on a muscle and work that muscle to fatigue. And sometimes, you know, there's all kinds of like, information out there where people will say like Pilates isn't you know isn't the same thing as strength training or Pilates you know isn't as as effective as a form of resistance training which yes and no like if you're just taking like a regular standard Pilates class and you're not working to fatigue and you don't feel super challenged then no, you're not going to be building muscle or having the metabolic impacts you would if you were lifting weights. On the other hand, if you're taking a challenging Pilates class where you are utilizing those principles of time under tension, you are, you know, working to fatigue and loading the muscle um, to a point where you're challenged, you're getting the same metabolic and muscular um hypertrophy impacts you would if you were lifting heavy weights. So I think I sometimes get irritated as like a Pilates instructor when people yeah. say that because, you know, there are two ways to load a muscle. One is with weight and the other is with time. And both of those are forms of resistance training. So Leah. we have to be really careful when we say, you can tell, I can talk about this forever. We say like lifting weights is the only way to build muscle. Leah? Yes. Let's talk about your Pilates Reformer class because I take them. And how do you feel when you take them? Like that. Like so many feelings that I don't know what to say. It's really, really challenging. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I ask you to take the resistance off mm -hmm. because I feel like the load is too heavy. And you don't. You say, well, this is less than your body weight when you're standing or walking or squatting. Like, yeah. you encourage me, really, to be tolerant of that sensation of loading a muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and definitely, like, the whole idea of, like, light weights, or only use what light weights if you don't want to fall. Like, like, again, like, that's not really... There's a fallacy there. Yeah, there, yeah, right. So... You, like in my bar classes, we have light weights, but we definitely work to fatigue. We're actually like getting more, um, um, 
Why did I just say the word and now I lost it? Hypertrophy? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, working higher reps, lighter weight. So if like if we're talking about bulking, you actually like can build muscle with, with or you can build bulk with light weights. But th- that being said, you know, we do want workouts to be challenging. We do want you to feel the tension, to feel the resistance. And if that means that you lift heavy weights, then do it. If that means that you go to a challenging bar or Pilates class where the instructor like knows what they're doing, then then do that. Yeah. Yeah. I also noticed that at first it feels like a really, really heavy load that I can't mm-hmm. do. But after a couple reps, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, I have this. And then I have it until mm-hmm. I'm fatigued. Mm-hmm. So it's like even interesting to me kind of yeah, we can definitely lift more than we think that we can, especially if we're talking about like what are like one rep maxes. Uh-huh. You know, that's a really challenging one rep. You're not meant to do any more than that, but like, hello, you can lift a ton of weight. Gotcha. Yeah, your legs are strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's some psychology there too. Mm-hmm. Well, perceiving yourself as strong. Yeah, and then yourself. there's some brainwashing that, like, you know, girls are, you know, just run and and do crunches and lift light weights. What do you weigh? How many calories did you burn? Yeah, like none of that can be. Can the muscle load be on your eye watch? Like, I don't think I so. Don't, I think people are mostly no. counting calories that they lost or heart rate. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. So how or why does age impact this? So as we age, so when we're young, right, we have, um, you know, we have growth hormone, we have testosterone, we have all of these things running through our blood that helps us maintain muscle. And then as we age, we get something called anabolic resistance. So the amount of protein that you need to eat above 40 is going to be much higher than what you need to eat when you're under 40 or the amount of, so there are two ways to build muscle. One is through dietary protein and the other is through resistance training. So either your protein increase, your protein intake has to increase as you get older or your, your, your resistance training has to increase, um, which for most of us, it makes more sense to increase protein because that's going to be like dietary protein because, you know, we can only work out so much a day and there's other, like yeah. we can also overwork out. So, yeah. um, but well, yeah, a bit of each, being mindful about your protein and then being sure that you load your muscles. For sure. For sure. And, um, you know, muscles are our, you know, they help you know, they help us move around and function function and stabilize us as we age as well. Um, they're, the more muscle you have on your body, the less mortality is, so, is associated with less mortality. So, I mean, it's really important for anti-aging. We're laughing because I fell last week. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, this family joke of when I have fallen <laughs> because it's kind of funny to my kids when I fall. Well, the context is, is that we were on a backpacking trek in Peru and 
on day like four or five, you just fell. You just went down. (laughs) And I was mortified. Like I, because there were three really hot German boys on this trip that I was trying to flirt with the whole time. And she embarrassed me so much by falling the way she did. (laughs) And ever since then, we just, we, we like to remind her about it. And she fell again last week. Fell again last week. So yeah, I'm going to keep coming to Pilates because I think Pilates um, is, offers me some, I know we're not talking about balance and and stabilizing, but stabilization is really, really important as you age too. Mm -hmm. And so fair, fair, and that's going to give me some of that experience, but also loading my muscle groups and and totally loading muscles. muscles. And if you're working, you know, with a personal trainer and doing like a well-rounded resistance training program, like they should be having you doing balance, doing like rotations, doing like working in all planes of motion. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing that we want to think about is that um, a lot of our hormones are regulated by muscle. So when your muscle um, when you lose muscle, right? So when your muscle mass decreases, the stress, hormone cortisol actually goes up and then your growth hormone goes down. So another reason why why it's important to maintain high, like, you know, a level of of muscle mass, especially as you age. Right. Like I belong to gyms since the eighties and I will say that most of the women in my generation, we were culturalized to count calories, Mm -hmm. to eat salads, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of, like, a lot of vegan conversation, a lot of people will eat a vegan diet for a lot of different reasons, Mm -hmm. but I will say that a portion of the people in my generation that went to vegan is because it was fewer calories than the meat proteins, and the priority in that cultural conversation was low body fat, um, Mm -hmm. and that whole, like, skinny thing. So, so yeah, it's nice to see the appreciation for muscle and the girls like building muscle now and mm-hmm. being like mm-hmm. feeling fit, like mm-hmm. like strong is fit. Mm-hmm. That's really a really nice change in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about like aging and the over 40 thing and the need for more, um, for more protein and then for like, um, me falling <laughs> like this whole conversation where like how can I just like want to point out how of my generation we need to like shake off some of those old beliefs mm-hmm. in order to be healthy in this new portion of our lives totally and it's really like about like we need protein because it's the building block of our skin our neurotransmitters it's a precursor for all of our hormones like we need protein and we also need all the micronutrients that come from eating a colorful diet like we need nutrients so it's not about eating as as little as possible and if anything that's not even the most effective strategy for maintaining a healthy metabolism um it's really making sure that you're eating the right types of foods the right amounts at the right time but not necessarily like under eating or counting calories Right. Like the converse, it's you know so much more complex than that. If you're working out and you're not eating enough protein, does that 
if you're working out and you're not eating enough, you might actually gain weight or have a hard time losing weight. Right. If you're working out and not eating enough protein, your body might not repair itself as effectively as it could. Um, you know, you'll still build muscle. I guess it depends how, like how little of protein you're eating. Um, and you have surprised me when you talk to me about how much protein and don't say it in grams because I don't have any concept of that but like when how much when you told me how much protein I should be eating compared to what you saw on my plate I was really yeah. surprised well and again like the USDA recommendations are going to be a little bit different so like I think like the standard USDA recommendation is like I'm going to use grams because it just gives context but it's okay. like 0.35 grams of protein per body weight in pounds or something per day. Whereas I've seen functional medicine doctors put that at like 0. 0.4, 0.75 oh, much grams of protein per pound of body weight. And I've seen functional medicine doctors who work with women who are like aging or postmenopausal say one gram of protein per ideal body weight in a day and then muscle builders like bodybuilders will say like 1.3 yeah. grams of protein like that's a ton but what I've what I've done for myself and what I what seems to be a good recommendation is like around 20 to 30 grams per meal and then you know including protein and snacks and aiming for like 100 grams or or your body weight, your body weight, excuse me, in your body weight in pounds, that number of grams of protein in a day. So it's a lot more than I think we're a used lot to more. eating. And, it, and in order to get all that in, I've got to be thinking about this throughout the day, not just, you know, protein at dinner time. So, okay, so we know what animal proteins are. We know like the main category what that is. But um, you helped me to identify like some other ways to layer in more protein can we name a few of those like i remember I'm putting plant seeds. yeah like i'm putting hemp seeds on my salad okay. what else is helpful well you want specifically plant-based protein no just what okay you, just to help folks well so like, like i i'm a big fan of those like i like those chopsticks those beef jerky sticks okay cool um they, I want to say, have like 15 grams of protein and they're really simple ingredients. And when you're thinking about like, you know, plant protein versus animal protein, you know, first, well, animal protein is going to have those things like zinc and B12, which are vital that plant protein will not. Yes. And then there's also like a bioavailability factor where we'll probably absorb more of the protein from animal products versus from the plant product. That being said, I'm not a fan of like animal product proteins that, you know, where the animals were like mistreated and <laughs> and there's still like a ton of like chemicals and like that. It has to be quality. Yeah. So like the quality matters. But um in general, animal-based protein is more bioavailable. I do like hemp seeds. Um, they're a complete protein. Um Chia? No. Not chia? No. Okay. But it does have amino acids in it. So, okay. Um, I can't quite remember. I want to say, like, quinoa is a complete protein. There's a couple of things. Quinoa is, yeah. Complete proteins. But 
and or like you know combining like rice and beans will also okay do that but then it's like when you get into plant-based then like your carbs are going to be way higher in relation to protein so i don't know um i'm a big fan of collagen powder i'm a big fan of supplementing with branch chain amino acids and like drinks Mm-hmm. especially if you're trying to get in more protein and you're in your over 40 um you can drink those during your workouts um canned sardines um hard-boiled eggs if you are able to do dairy then like cottage cheese and greek yogurt can be good options um how else do i get my protein I, I almond butter I would put that more into it like the fat category but there's okay. yeah I mean it's not like gonna make it's not like super yeah um but definitely like nuts and seeds have proteins um, I feel like I made another lesson I'm glad you're yeah like none of your <laughs> none of, yeah none of, none, none of my ideas are good but you know what I'm learning with you guys yeah, so there was one other, oh, and then protein powders, like, you can supplement with protein powders, buying, finding clean protein powders, I know um, Kelly Levesque, it's called Be Well by Kelly Levesque, and she makes a really clean, um, like, beef protein isolate that just has, like, one ingredient in it, um, if you're able to do dairy, and you're able to do whey protein, then you could consider that, there's goat's milk whey, which is easier to digest, I don't do dairy, protein powders they upset my stomach um and I also don't do the beef protein isolate because I find it too expensive so I will use collagen powder but because it's not a complete protein I'll just make sure that I'm getting animal proteins throughout the day and then sometimes I'll use like a super clean plant-based protein like pea protein or hemp protein something like that that's plant-based and then just look at the ingredients making sure that there's not a ton of like fillers and gums and added sugars and all of that. Um, um, since you've been working with me on eating more protein throughout the day, um, I have, I'm able to focus better mm-hmm. and I have more energy. It's like, a, yeah, it's made a big difference. Yeah, and it's so simple. And really, it was just me being lazy. It wasn't like I made a conscious choice. Oh, my sweet friend Libby just texted me. I love her. She's a dear. I know. Okay, so we covered the importance of protein. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what type of exercise, we touched on that. Is there anything else we missed about training? Yeah, because um, we have a lot of things here that really kind of fall in that category. The Pilates, the Pilates Reformer, the bar. You're doing those I know. Things, the muscle groups. They do, and it depends what type of bar class. So, like, they'll say, like, oh, no, bar is not sufficient. But, like, it really depends because, that, like, you're, it's simplifying it too much. And the problem is... And again, not, I love, I love lifting heavy weights. Like I, yeah, strength yeah. training is great also, but it's a little bit more nuanced than like one is good and one is bad. It 100%. literally just depends. And I've done weightlifting classes where I feel like I haven't gotten as much, um, I haven't worked to fatigue the same way I have in a bar and Pilates class and vice versa. So yeah, and it literally just bodies. You guys really work on those deep stabilizer muscles, not just the mover muscles, which I think is a super important distinction. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So a lot can happen. Yeah, yeah. To put together. And if you're confused, come talk to me. I love answering questions. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So yeah. free consultation for functional medicine health coaching. We do. Yeah, thirty minute free consultation. Um, I have this really cool new app that I've been utilizing with clients. I overuse the adjective cool, and it's one of my pet peeves. 
but it's cool still. Well, <laughs> so I, I've been utilizing this new app with, with clients and I'm loving the functional medicine health coaching. So if you are looking for more accountability, more support, someone to help you address like emotional reasons why you may be reaching for certain things or having a difficult time following what you know to be a healthy meal plan, or if you want more supporting guidance on how to get more protein in your diet, please talk to me because it really has been like a delight um, for me to do this and it makes me really happy. So yeah. Yeah. And muscle, or, yeah, muscle is medicine. And muscle is medicine. Build muscle. Yeah. Prioritize it. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Mom. Are you ready to answer Liz's text? Yeah, Lizzie's. Yeah, get yeah. Lizzie's text. Yeah. Okay. Bye, y'all. Thanks for following. Bye. Namaste.